Do we say Neo or anything? Or we can. I have to unmute my computer first. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hey, I'm Lars Komenizer Spate. I'm taking over the Hollywood Fishbowl. So uh, let's see. How can we start this? I mean, we talked a bunch of photography already, right? Yeah, yeah, we so, did. So, hey, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course, absolutely. It's awesome to be on the show. I've, I've always dreamt of being the guest on the Hollywood Fishbowl. So, all right, I want to know about what you do. Dance. Hold uh, on, the music's about to... All right. What All do right. I do? Yeah, tell me um, what you do. I, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker, uh, photo taker, heartbreaker. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so you, is that what you, now you're from Pennsylvania as well. Grew up in Pennsylvania, Kutztown, Pennsylvania. So between me, you and Matt, we're a bunch of Pennsylvania boys. Yeah, we're a bunch of Dutchies just yep. walking around. Do your Dutch accent. I want to hear it. Aka tuna vetter. Pretty good. Yeah. So that you grew up around all the uh, the Amish and the Mennonites. We're more Mennonites out where I live. Oh, are you yourself a Mennonite? No, 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 no. We've got more Mennonites. The Amish are more Lancaster. Wow. What, what a little bunch of infighting. Like it's just a bunch of like uh, talk. That's funny. We, like, I, I rep for the Mishties. Okay. We. I live in Minneapolis, um, as as I mentioned, but mm-hmm. um, we live uh, across from Wisconsin. And um, the publisher of the book, um, Working Class Publishing, they're in mm-hmm. um, uh, Stevens Point, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. And last year, I had to go to a book signing at a car show there. And we, we my son, it was really wonderful because I got to my son got to see a bunch of like Mennonites for the first time out there. Yep. Or Pennsylvania, yep. or well, I guess they wouldn't be Pennsylvania Dutch; they would be Wisconsin Dutch. But um, yeah, Wisconsin, anyway. they could have some Dutch too. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not claiming ownership over the immigrants. So how, how did this all start with uh, like, at what point? I mean, OK, we're Scranton, Scrantonites. Um, mm-hmm. If you were going to be an artist um, in, in some ways, I'm grateful for this, but it really weeded out who was serious about being an artist, um, because if it was just like a passing fad that you wanted to like, you know, be a painter or something, you, you would, you know, there'd be absolutely no support. Yep. No yep, one cared. Yep, yep. If you did an art gallery, maybe four or five of your friends would come if they really liked you. Yep. I, I've done art galleries in Scranton that I spent like $2,000 on. I had family that didn't even come. Dude, and so, ice so, cold. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming probably Kutztown. I mean, like I said, I, I worked there in a couple summers, but I would imagine, I mean, it's not like it was a booming art community, right? Uh, Kutztown's okay. Kutztown, we've got, we've got Keith Herring. He's from Kutztown. Okay. Um, and we do have, we've got the university up on the hill and that brings in a lot of kind of young blood, creative blood and some money for, for the arts. I went to high school, a town over in Hamburg, which uh, did not have the university, did not have Keith Herring, did not have any, any artistic ambitions. Hamburg uh, was described by my friend Chris as a coal mining town without the coal mine. That's Scranton. Yeah. That is absolutely Scranton. We actually call it the Electric City. Mm-hmm. There's a great Michael Scott song about the Electric City. You don't remember that? It was like I don't. rap. Oh God, I'll have to send it to you. You will. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that's exactly what Scranton is. It was yeah. a, it was a coal mining town that um, was really prosperous in the 1800s and tons of money and everything. And then you know the coal mining industry. To, you know, collapsed and, um, Hamburg was never prosperous. <laughs> well, I have a, I can actually relate to Hamburg. My, um, wait, did you do the, their fair as well? No. Um, I, I, my brother and I got really into these, I have all these little past lives. I used mm-hmm. to be a professional wrestler. I used to, what uh, was your name? Halo. Were yeah. you good? I was all right. I okay. could do a 450, which is like a splash off the top rope with a full. Who are you? Who are you fighting with? What um, was, what was your, uh, no, we just did indies, you know, kind of okay. like, uh, for a while we did something that was more or less just underground wrestling. It was, um, kind of unlicensed. Um, but I- they were indie shows, but without the license, yeah. which eventually I ended up getting, I got busted and had to go have a meeting with Greg Serb of the state athletic commission, um, about that. But you do not want to get called into Greg Serb's office. <laughs> oh, he had like lawyers there and everything. And it was just, I was a kid. I was like 21 and mm-hmm. I was there with my other friend, um, who came with me and like, yeah, they, they just went they spared no expense to like intimidate the shit out of us, but more or less it came down to just don't do this anymore and we won't put you in jail kind of thing. Do you remember when you were 21 and the idea of being called a kid was patently absurd to yeah. you? You were like, I'm older than anyone's ever been in history. I actually think I, I, when I was there, I knew my surroundings. I knew the situation I was in enough that I completely embraced being a kid because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just a kid. Yeah, like, I, t- didn't know. I didn't know. I think 
get help. But um, but anyway, um, yeah. one of my past lives was I used to um, collect and breed rare tarantulas. And um, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. has like one of the, the whole country's biggest like reptile herp shows. So they would have all these crazy snakes and tarantulas. I used to go to Hamburg like about every like six months for these big reptile shows. I'm very familiar with the city of Hamburg. Now, if you were trying to catch a pet tarantula, like what would your advice be to somebody who's who might be interested in having a terrarium? Well, it's. You don't, what do you mean catch it? Like if it got out? I'd get one. No, I yeah, mean, no. like go to the store. We, you want to pick out a tarantula yeah, and bring it fine. home. Yeah, you, there's nothing. I mean, if usually they just sell rose hairs, but if you go to these herp shows, like or the reptile shows, um, you can get the really rare shit from like, like Indi- thoroughbred. Like, well, stuff from like, you know, India, like Apocalytheria mm-hmm. um, regalis, or like, you know, there's stuff for, like they have all these Latin, crazy long Latin names. Um, and the really, really rare stuff you have to go to these shows to get. Yeah. But yeah, that's just one of my little past lives. But anyway, back to Kutztown and art. So there was, there was a little bit more art there. Yes. And, and your excitement so, to get away from tarantulas is uh, disappointing. No, but, it's just, I, I like, I, you already did your What whole, is your favorite kind I'm, of tarantula? I, yeah, mine? Um, the, my favorite is this, uh, it's a species from, um, sorry Afri- to hijack your show. No, it's a, it's a, sp- <laughs> it's a species from Africa called, um, the King baboon. It's Latin mm-hmm. name is the Sithracarcius crashii. And it's a super, it's the most aggressive mean, like most, most tarantulas like have defenses. Like if you get close in with your finger, they'll like kick hair that gets on your skin and it itches. Uh-huh. Um, other ones will just run really fast. The, the, the Kasha species, like this whole genus, like they just are so angry that they will just turn and lift up their front four like legs and they'll hiss at you like a cat. And they'll like bite at you with their, like, they're just so That's mean. wild. That's really aggressive for us. Yeah. And they get big. They get about eight inches. In fact, they've evolved to a point where their rear hind legs are like twice as thick as the rest of their legs, just so they can hold their ground. There's nothing like a tarantula with thick thighs, oh. man. That's, <laughs> that's my yeah. dream. Yep. So, uh, but anyway. Back to Kutztown. Okay. So there had to be somebody you met there that like, I, I mean, or were, were you just this like kind of beacon in the middle of, like, how, how did this path of life ever like come your way which which path the filmmaking well, film, thing? film i assume that's where it started right or did you want to yeah. be a photographer first i wanted to be oh boy film first i remember my you know getting a hold of those old vhs cameras and shooting you know shooting with my sister we'd shoot some goofy stuff here and there mm-hmm. um, but it was in college and i gotta give a shout out to tom shantz he had the key to the animation Name room Robert. and go ahead okay okay look we're yeah I'm down with Tom. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Keith Herring, he, you guys were best friends. You know, I don't, I don't like to talk about it, but he was my babysitter. Cool. Go anyway, ahead. moving on. Yeah. That's true, actually. Uh, uh, you derailed me. Tom Shawns had the key to the animation room, and he would let students sign out the key, and we could go up there and make animated things with the, you know, the equipment. And that kind of freedom to be working from... Like stop motion? Stop motion okay. to start with. But just that that kind of blanket, like, yeah, you should be in that room doing that thing. Yeah. The key is you have 24-7 access to it. Whenever you want to make something, yeah. get your ass up there and make it. And that kind of messaging really uh, hit hard and hit well. And then you get in that habit of just making things whenever you want to make something. Yeah. And then you get your friends involved in making things whenever you want to make something. And then somebody pays you to make something yeah. with your friends. And then like, you know, the world explodes at that point when you realize that you can be making money off of yeah. making creative things with your buddies. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I think of, of course there are more names in there. My grandfather, Harry David Eshelman, he, uh, he was a filmmaker, a poet, a writer and seeing him write and make movies and just do everything that he wanted to do when he would do his art was very invigorating and inspiring. Uh, yeah. So there's that answer. Yeah. Am great. I done? Am I off the hook? Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. So how did you get out here to LA? Mm-hmm. Uh, went to college in North Carolina, graduated from university of North Carolina school of the arts. The week after I graduated, I moved to Japan, spent 10 years in Japan. It was for an internship that was supposed to be two weeks long, two weeks turned to a month, turned to three months, turned to yeah. 10 years, that kind of thing. Uh, got married while I was over there. My wife and I were hitting our heads on the glass ceiling in Japan. So we thought she, she's a singer. I'm a filmmaker. We thought what city might have the highest glass ceiling for those two careers. Let's give LA a chance. I came over in advance of her to scope out the city and kind of get things set up with a 
banging apartment so that when she lands, she lands in comfort and style. Right. And I have some idea of the ecosystem over here on how to find work right. and how to set her up as a singer actress. Talent. So how long have you been here in LA? Yeah. A year now. Oh, okay. And I'm loving it. You know wow. It that's pretty impressive. You've been here for a year and you've got 50 podcasts in the yeah. chopper. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty it was nice. kind of, uh, I think, one month in, I started doing the podcast, and the goal was one a week, and we've kind of kept to that. There have been weeks we've missed, but yeah. uh, mostly mostly we're hitting our targets. Yeah. And it's a good show. The, better than the number of episodes is the quality of those yeah. episodes, and we keep it pretty high. Good. Yeah, that's great. Um, let me think. Um, well, the common thread between us is uh, our friend Matt. Yes. So, and, and How do you know Matt? Um, well, the deathmatch stuff. Okay. So, Did you ever fight him? Uh, no, I never, well, no, we haven't fought. I mean, we've, we've I mean, in, in like, have we wrestled? Yeah. No, we actually haven't. Um, I was done by around the time, um, Matt was like really starting to like, you know, get some attention for the stuff he was doing. Mm-hmm. So I was already done by that point, but yeah, we've had a lot of like fun wrestling kind of related things. Like we went to, uh, <laughs> we went to, um, uh, what is it? The Wisconsin Dells. It was Matt, my, my our friend John Wed, and uh, mm-hmm. myself, and we went to the Dells and like we would do. They they have these things in wrestling called like high spots, which are like a series of really complicated, um, you know, off the ropes kind of moves where you drop under someone's legs and then you yeah. do like a hip yeah. toss and everything. And I remember like at the Wisconsin Dells in the waiting line, you know the the little um, the dividers for the lines. Like mm-hmm. we used to try to do high spots between that little like two foot area. So <laughs> yep. it would be like, it would be like Irish whip with like a reversal versus like jump over. And then we did another thing where we were like on these like um, floaties going around the lazy river mm-hmm. and we would stack them up on top of each other. So high that there'd be like five feet high worth of like these big donuts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we would do a, like a moonsault. Um, which is like a backflip off yep. the top of this. We got kicked out. We got, yeah, yeah. you think? Yeah, we got kicked <laughs> they out. They can't be liable for that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of, at least for Matt. I mean, if, if you guys are as close as you are, I'm, I'm sure there's no shortage of like just immature. Pr- I mean, that's kind of a, that's I'm not a, such a pranky dude. Like, it's, how do you, I, how do you, how are you friends with him then? That's all he does. That's <laughs> <laughs> how y'all know him. Yeah. We mostly just make movies and then huh. watch well, Barry. You must, you must have tapped into like the mature Matt then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe Were you wild in the ring? I mean, would you do? Yeah, we did the big, like, I, mean, I did the violent stuff too. The staples and the light bulbs and the, you know, glass what's the wildest, fire. what's the wildest stunt you ever did? Um, man, I'm trying to think. Um, we did, uh, I mean, I did like a couple of no ropes, barbed wire matches where they take the ropes down they put yeah. barbed wire up and I mean, Matt's done a bunch of those too, but, um, you know, I'd done that kind of stuff and I had a couple, I had a scary fire incident where I got power bombed through like a flaming table and I kind of mm-hmm. caught on fire and had to be fire extinguished. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've done that, that kind of stuff. And, um, it, that's just one of those many past lives like the rest. Yeah. Of yeah. Them. Yeah. But, no, you're not beholden to that life anymore. You can, yeah. you can be not a wrestler. Yeah. But, um, I, I, the other thing is too, if like I, if, just in hanging out with you guys briefly yesterday. So like video games is a big part of your life. Absolutely. Tell me about it. Uh, so actually yes. one thing I have a, a direct question about is does any of the stuff you're working on currently, like do you have any interest in getting into that, that industry, like the gaming industry, or is it strictly something you want to do for recreation and not work in as much as you would love to do a comic and keep kicking that can down the road. Yeah. I would love with a capital love to yeah. program, to be, to direct a video game. I think that's such a yeah. beautiful art form. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I love film because film is kind of the combination of all other arts, like the visual arts, the aesthetics, color design, movement, dance, vocals, singing. It's, you get everything and you mash it up together. Now, if you take all that and add user and control over that, like that's video gaming. So it's just, it's this super heightened art form that I'd love to dabble in. Uh, have you, have you, do you have your game in the back of your mind of what you would program if you, if you had a blank check tomorrow? Um, I I mean like, so not really. Um, one one thing I should kind of dovetail with this whole conversation is like, and it's something I should ask you earlier. So like, do you, is the thing that draws you to like wanting to direct and, and make film, is that just because you love the medium and you love the ability to, I mean, I assume it's, it's about storytelling for you, right? Like, do you write or do you just like to execute other people's visions? Everything, every feature I've directed and most of the shorts I've directed, I also wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, 
beyond storytelling? I know that's the right answer. Like I'm a storyteller in my heart. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know it's the right answer. Cause it's the one I hear across town all the time. Like everyone comes pre-programmed with, I am not. Um, I really like doing fun projects with friends of mine. Right. And that's kind of like the story has got to be good. Yeah. Um, uh, or there's no reason to bust out the camera in the first place. But the real draw to me is to have a, a, a document of the people I was with and right. the creativity that we were sharing with each other. So if you had a friend that like maybe wrote something that really spoke to you and you're like, wow, this is great. You would want to work on that project with your friends just to bring it together. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So yeah. now, now Matt is like probably the only friend I, uh, I mean, I'm, I have a couple of friends that work in the industry out here, but Matt like is really the, one thing I've, I've admired at watching him grow as an artist and like mm-hmm. a, a director is like he, his ability to delegate. Um, he, when I first met him, he wasn't really like that. He and I kind of both had like, nobody is in the early days. Yeah. Like he and I it's both that were like need for control. Yes. And, and, and I've, I have to admit, I, I haven't really lost that. I still, do you shoot with the team or do you show no. up on your own? Okay. I, and I mean the beautiful, the beauty of how I shoot is like, I show up with the backpack I walked in here with, yep. with a, with a D750 body and, uh-huh. and a 35 lens, and that's it. And I, and I can travel with just that bag. Like um, I, I throw a few, few pairs of clothes in there and like your shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. But I travel with just enough clothes to wear for a week and that camera, and I can make a living. Um, but but like I, I have not been as good um, at like you know kind of uh, like sharing like like even my scheduling stuff i've had people offer to help or assist with me and like help do scheduling and stuff like that and i'm not even good at that that's one thing that matt has been so good about over as he's grown is like mm-hmm. seeing him like be able to delegate and just find people that are good at something and reliable and then call on them to do it and um i, I it's been really neat watching him do that but i do have to say for myself personally I, I, even though it's a, a canned response, that is what draws me to comics. I do honestly have like stories and I want to tell them and the medium I want to tell them in is comics. Now, do you have one that's been burning in your heart for the last 10 years or is it like every six weeks you've got a new, no, no, I, I, I have probably five little stories going on, um, that are, would all be about graphic novel size, you know, maybe like a hundred pages or now I feel terrible for having disparaged folks who call themselves it, storytellers. It, it, you know what? Sometimes like, like if I felt in my heart that I was like, you know, I was looking for the canned response, mm-hmm. but like, because I know that's genuinely how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, and the thing that is like a burning thing that makes me want to keep doing the comics. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't take offense to that, okay. but, um, it's, uh, it, it's true though. I have these like, well, and, and this has been a kind of eye opening thing in, in recent years is like, I always thought I liked comics just for the sake of comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was telling you about Spawn and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt so much of a, like a fanboy for that kind of stuff that I just wanted to participate in it. But in the last like four or five years, like kind of plugging away on the comic book stuff, I've realized that's not really it. It's really, truly, I do have, there's a story I kind of dream dreamt up and it's developed like kind of on its own. Like I haven't had to do work on it. It just keeps building in my head. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I could tell that story through a film or something yeah, like that or, yeah. or whatever, but the medium that I want to tell it in is comics. And I think a little bit of that could be because I'm a control freak. Um, cause comics is one of the mediums that you really can do entirely on your own. Yeah. Like I can yeah. sit in, in a room without any, any crew or anything, you know, I don't need a sound guy. I don't need like yeah. a DP. I don't Would it need... be feasible to do it on film? Or are you looking at a oh, hundred million no, budget minimum kind no. of, I, I have a, I have a few different ones going on at one time. I have one that's really big, um, in, in blockchain. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's the blockchain trend that's happening in the world. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with that. Not familiar um, enough. I, I do have to really quick name drop something that's blockchain related. Or, this or is least, your show. You yeah. can name drop. So um, this this thing, this does tie into the comic specifically. Um, I liked when I mentioned that Keith Haring was my babysitter and you gave me the silent treatment just as we had discussed about I just no shook response. My, I just shook my head. And just, <laughs> that was well played. It was a good mm-hmm. callback to episode one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a thing out there. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually been plugged a little bit on like the Joe Rogan show and stuff. Um, it's called steam it. Um, mm-hmm. that is something that's, uh, been a really big deal in my life. Yeah. You should definitely is, share, share that link with some other folks. Um, that's the website where they compensate you based yes. on, and they, they compensate you with, with a cryptocurrency. Is it steam it.com steam it, uh, dot com. Yep. And uh, it, 
This site is temporarily unavailable, says GoDaddy. Wait, wait, you know why? It's not E-A-M, it's E-E-M. Two E's. S-T-E-E-M-I-T. There it is. Yeah. So yes. real real quick, um, I, I feel uh, a, a sense of obligation to kind of mention how big of a deal this site's been for me in the last like couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, especially for artists and creatives, I can't think of like, I, it's crazy that, you know, if you're a creative, if you're an artist or a director, or, you know, if you're doing film or photography, it's crazy to not spend your time on here. Um, it's Where it's, are you at with Medium? Uh, well, okay. This is kind of like medium. Um, I think medium's cool. A lot of readers that are a lot of writers that write for medium will also write for steam it. Have you written for medium or not? I haven't. Um, but I, you know, the reason it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's just that like in a lot of ways, steam it has, um, kind of broken down a lot of uh, preconceptions of like what the internet should be for me. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard after finding steam it to incentivize me to write for anybody else. If I'm not, the thing is you do get like a cryptocurrency, like Mm -hmm. payout basically. So you can share a photo and, or you could share an entire like long form article. And the, the entire site is, is in a way where, um, relative to the work you put out, like how good it is, you know, that, that whole, expression that cream rises to the top. Yep, yep, well, yep. on this site, like the cream that rises to the top tends to be rewarded the highest. And, um, and it, and <laughs> the thing is because it's a cryptocurrency, it's just like Bitcoin or anything else or Ethereum. Um, steam is a fluctuating currency that can go up and down. Mm-hmm. And, um, there can be days where you just, you sit there and you just do your little steam it posts and you blog and you kind all you really do is share what you do. Like in your case, you would just share, like, you know, you come home maybe from a, a big shoot, you take a bunch of photos of your gear and stuff that, you used maybe write a little blurb about it Mm -hmm. and then post it and you might say like make three dollars in steam which if steam is at 50 cents would be you know whatever that is i'm not a math guy but um the thing is though whatever you earn in steam that day in a year could be worth like a lot more like yeah, you, that, that $3 the... payout could potentially be like a $60 payout, you know, like if you just keep it in your wallet, yeah. um, because it fluctuates so drastically and that's what crypto is all about. So when I first found this site, my friend, my friend <laughs> quote, it fluctuates so drastically and that's what crypto is all about. It, End quote. That sums up the entire crypto. There, there will be a, there will be a day most likely where mm-hmm. that stabilizes. Um, mm-hmm. but for right now, the drastic that's the, not a flaw. It's a feature at this yeah, point. It, in this the point, crypto a, world. Exactly. And um, so what happened, my first uh, post on there, my friend uh, Mark Bailey ended mm-hmm. up uh, kind of telling me about this site. And really all he wanted me to do was join so I could upvote one of his posts. Yeah. And I did that. And um, I joined and I looked at it. And Mark's one of those friends that he's just into interesting, weird like fringe type shit that if Mark's, if it's worth Mark's time, I don't even have to worry about it. It's worth my time. Yeah. You yeah. probably have that. Like you, we all have that friend. Oh, that, absolutely. We, we all have that friend. That's that way with video games. You did that to me yesterday with the switch. Like I don't even hardly know you that well, mm-hmm. but your passionate response to the switch was enough to make me want to buy it. Cause I've been thinking about it and you were just, what was your response? You're like, it's the best gaming console system ever made. It's the absolute best end of discussion, yeah. you know, period. No, I have never been happier with a gaming console in my right. entire life. It does exactly. Anyway. So you got me started again. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is like, Mark is that way with like a lot of tech and like weird, mm-hmm. like tech stuff. And at that point I didn't even know what blockchain shit was. So I literally just joined this thing just on Mark's kind of recommendation. I made my first theme at post. It was my introduction post and I showed what I did. And I, I said, I, I have like, at the time I had like 15,000 followers on Instagram and I was like, humble brag, I know, but mm-hmm. I was going to look, I was like, come with, I was like, I'm going to bring all these pinup girls to steam it, you know? Yeah. So I made that post and then like, I'm watching a bunch of money happen. Like it, there's a little dollar sign on the yep, bottom yep, yep. and it's like saying $200, $400, $650 and everything. So I'm, I call Mark and I'm like, look, I know this is all like bullshit money. I know it's not real, you know, but like, and he's like, no, it's real. And I was like, well, yeah, I know it's like perceptually, it's like a real thing. It's like tokens or yeah, gift cards yeah, yeah. or something. He's like, no, it's real money. And it kept going and going. It hit $1,600 when it closed. Off of your first And price? I still was like, this isn't real. Yeah. And then he showed me how to do the whole transfer to your bank account. 
And within a few days, I had I had like sixteen hundred cash dollars. Do like they US. still make you transfer via some other site, or have they simplified? No, that it's process? it's they have a wallet, and then you can go. Yeah, you you'd have to go through an interme- intermediary yeah. site, um, and, and then there's a there's usually like a wallet, something like Coinbase, where it can it shows up, and then you have the option to basically sell that amount for mm-hmm. its current value for U.S. dollars, yeah, and then transfer. It's not easy. It's not like user friendly, but if you're willing to invest the time to well, learn, well, that's it, the thing. Is it, is it weeds out the you know the yeah you know, it's a, yeah really um and I, I mean I've had friends that I've like I, I've just said like you have to do this and um some people have and stuck with it and other people haven't but I mean there there have been moments where um when it had hit its highest point I think the highest steam ever hit was about eight bucks mm-hmm. where I had tens of thousands of dollars. Did you cash out or did it some just of it. plummet? Like okay. a, no, I mean, I, I, what I tend to do is, um, they have a, th- they have an incentive called steam power where it's kind of mm-hmm. locked up in a, in like, kind of like your reputation on the site and, um, kind of your weight. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And if you have a lot of steam bucks, yeah, then steam power. Yeah. And then you're kind of worth more on the site. Right. But ranked. you also are able to make other people more money if you have it in there. So when you mm-hmm. click and vote on people's stuff, um, and they, it's, it's complicated. I don't want to get too deep in it. Yeah. It yeah been we're almost in the weeds with yeah, steam it at this but, point. But, um, the, the thing I want to like mention is like what you're really doing, you're not giving anyone your money basically your rank and your weight on the site, there's a huge pool of mm-hmm. rewards that are specifically to reward um, authors and your weight and reputation on the site determines how much of that pool goes to the authors that you determine as worth, you know, your vote. Now, when you vote up, does that take it out of your steam no, account? That's that what just, I, you've that's just what got I'm, your street cred. You and have that's your street cred and, and, and your vote. And you, yeah. and you, there's a sliding scale of like one to a hundred percent of how much your vote is you want to give. So if mm-hmm. you made a post and say like, I had like a hundred thousand steam power and like a 75 reputation by me giving you a hundred percent vote, I'm basically telling the blockchain mm-hmm. or the algorithm they use how much of that daily reward pool should go to you. Yes. So you're not getting my money. You're getting it from the reward pool, but I yep. am the conduit that's, but you've got credentials right in there. In but, their mind. but the reason it, it's worth bringing up is because, um, it, they're like those, those times, as you know, as a freelancer, probably mm-hmm. like we have these big feast and famine moments. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so the, the whole like steam, it especially has been this thing where those little gaps in between, or sometimes they're big gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had money that I can like pay bills and buy food and do the things I need to do. Um, so I got so wrapped up into it that um, I, I started thinking about a story about what the world might look like in say five or six or seven years like near future mm-hmm. where um, more or less like there's there hits a threshold where more people are using blockchain and, and crypto than like fiat money yeah. where, like US dollars and sterlings and stuff so I wrote this whole it's not necessarily a dystopian it's and this is the comic book this is one of the okay. one of the many that was a roundabout I know I, but, but it's kind of hard to explain the significance of this without going into yeah. the yeah, that yeah. thing um, it, but uh, more or less this comic is it takes place the story is, is about this moment where the, these two things cross yeah uh, more people are buying and spending with crypto than they are with real like traditional yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, and there, there ends up being this massive thing that happens. It's I, I won't give the whole story away, but this massive thing happens where all of a sudden all the people in our world that are like the one percenters and everything end mm-hmm. up with virtually nothing. Yep. And all the 99% find themselves with more money than they know what to do with. And it's kind of just this story about how neither side is prepared to either be poor or yeah. rich. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's a uh, plug here. I'm good. They, uh, it, it's, it's, that's one of the many. Um, but I have other ones. Uh, I have a friend of mine in Minneapolis, this guy, Charles, and we're working on, um, couple of we're doing this one called copper coins which is like a kind of a little bit of an ode to like a tales from the crypt like ec comics mm-hmm. sort of um anthology a bunch of horror stories and then we have another one uh it's like a lovecraftian sort of novel that we're working on and but like yeah that was it i, I had these little kernels that turned into stories and like it's nice because a lot of things in life you have to constantly work at and i'm not saying these things these things aren't work but these things in my head they will continue to grow with it, whether or not I, I do anything with them. It's yes. whether or not I make money at it. It's just, this is a constant like metronome in my life. That's always going to just be happening. Yes. So, yes. And, and, and you know, it's, it's usually like most of my friends that are in the creative world, like they, they have that one thing. Sometimes it's musicians yep. like, you know, what are songwriters or poets or whatever. 
That's one of the most fun things about doing creative artistic work regularly is your brain gets in the habit of doing creative thinking and yeah. it'll give you like those little gifts every now and then of here's an idea. Wouldn't oh, it be yeah. fun if, and you're also in the habit of, of hearing them. Right. Like, because your job is to hear every creative impulse that your brain gives you because your livelihood depends on you yeah. listening to those whispers, yeah. you're ready to kind of just be like, oh, yeah, 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 that's the, that's the idea. Give me that, give me yeah, that, yeah. give me that. So the, the Lovecraft story that I'm working on with Charles um, is like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just like, it's like candy. So the Lovecraft genre is great because like you, you can write these horrible, like disturbing things with like great adjectives. And like once you establish your characters and where it's happening, it's more or less just like, it's like masturbation. You're just like writing this, like, you know, like gory, like over, like super verbose way of describing like how maggots spilled out of a yes, eye, eye yes, socket. Yes, you know, yes, yes. And um, so Charles and I were just like, that's all we want to do is just write a story that's just super gory and like kind of and um and, and disturbing. Like Matt and I, like one of our favorites is um the the film Nothing But Trouble. Well, have you ever seen that? He has he, forbidden me from watching that as much as I want to. He's done with it. Yeah. So, like, and I'm just getting started. I he, love that film. Yeah. 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 Like Debo, the, the, the little bow in the, uh, the trailer or in the junkyard, the, the babies, the like yes. giant human babies. So like we have this, uh, character. Well, I'll, I'll give you the setup. First. Was there just a quick question about nothing but trouble. Was there a single good idea in that film? Is there anything <laughs> that was responsibly birthed? No, not at all. Which okay, is, okay. which is what <laughs> makes it so great. I mean, like, like um, the scene, the scene where the judge eats the, the hot dog the wiener, scene is incredible. He's like, "This is how I take mine. I, I, you should all take it the same." And he just he takes this giant sausage and he's like shaking. He's just pushing it into a little tiny mouth. He's like, "Like it's such a great." It's and just where, brilliant. Where else are you gonna get young Tupac? Yeah, I know. Right in the beginning, and then they got killed by the bone shredder, didn't they? A lot of people get yeah. killed by the bone shredder. Yeah, but um, but it, the uh, the anyway. In so, fact, I don't I don't know any device that has taken more lives in the cinematic universe than the bone shredder. Yeah, I, I saw this video recently with um a, a spider, a wolf spider, uh -huh. and um and, and they, they were like trying to dis, dis like it was it kind of in the dark, and they were trying to figure out what's going on with the spider because it's it's abdomen. Mm -hmm. looked like a disco ball there like the, when you had a light on it it just would shine like a disco ball and it was like it looked like bioluminescence yeah. and they were trying to figure it out and then finally this video on youtube like revealed what it was and the spider got scared and ran away and it was all these little babies and what you were seeing was their eyes they were reflecting oh the light. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were reflecting the light and um so like when the spider took off there's just like hundreds of little babies that all just scattered I had the like that what you were saying about taking from life, like giving you yeah, these yeah. little kernels. So I came up with this like story for this Lovecraftian thing where there's this big, gross Puritan woman in like this town where she's like mm -hmm. huge and nasty and like has like scattery hair and and um but she's a wet nurse for these premature children that keep being born in the town. So she has like when that when the, my character kind of or my friend Charles is like we're journalists kind of like covering mm -hmm. this town. When we show up to this wet nurse house, like the, it's dark, so you can see the silhouette with all these little glimmering eyes like hollow like, mm -hmm. like when you you drive up on a deer and you could see yep, it's yep, hollow yep, eyes. or a cat in the night yeah and um so they're all over her and then as she steps into the light there's just like 15 or 16 of these tiny little premature babies like clinging onto her skin like fighting over each other yeah, like trying, trying to, to find nurse. a nipple or something yeah, yeah right right and but the, like because the whole town's sick that the like the, there's a sickness over the whole town that there's like the the, the journalist can actually smell that like mm -hmm. the breast milk has already turned it's like sour now when we it, have an audience that we like to keep so <laughs> yeah so all those <laughs> I'm people cut you off yeah there's folks there's folks having uh I'd probably lunch while we're eating. <laughs> yes, but um, my sister listens. Well, to this. as soon as you hear Lovecraft, that's you know usually, what you're you know for. what you're getting. Blame but, the victim. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you would you be kind enough to do yeah, the yeah. first poll? Sure. Beautiful imagery. I can't wait. I I do hope that I'll, you make I'll, the transition from very well paid photographer to horribly not paid yeah. comic book artist. Oh, that'll happen. It'll happen. so that we can see. It's this funny manifest. that's my aspiration in life. Um, if money wasn't an issue. Would you live? Um, where? It just says, if money wasn't an issue, would you live? Is that right? Where would you live? Oh, where would you live? Yeah. Where would you live? Um, hmm. I, I kind of would probably still say Minnesota. 
Yeah. I really No, love it seems like you're living your best life at this point. Yeah, you, well, you got I, a home base that you like and then you travel. I have a um travel makes living anywhere easier, doesn't it? Like Yeah, um I mean I, I don't like having like I get asked all the time if I would be moving out here, like mm-hmm. just because I work out here so much. Um and I'm always like, absolutely not. Um they the I have a house in northeast Minneapolis that I paid hundred and eighteen thousand dollars for. Mm-hmm. It's a three bedroom. Yeah, like why yeah, would yeah. I you know? Um it, so I, I mean, my son's going to school out there. Like that's where my whole life is. I, I mean, one day I'll probably end up in Germany. Um, okay. I have family. I still have some family in Germany, and I just Do you speak I, German. Do you have uh, like how eine bisschen Deutsch, like a little yeah. bit? Yeah, I but, think there is one in there that is speak German. Oh yeah, I speak a little. I can get around. I can like okay. order stuff at restaurants and get. How'd stuff. you get your teeth in that? Is that like family or? Uh, yeah. So my okay. a lot of my my grandmother was from a little town called Weinheim, and um. Uh, around 2009, I finally went over there with her, and mm-hmm. then we went back in like 2011. Um, and uh, I've been there a couple of times, and um, I really like it. And um, it, like, especially, I've never actually been to East Germany, like Berlin and Munich yeah. and all the big cities. I've only been to the West, where it's like very kind of like rural and like you know, it just looks like time hasn't affected that part of it. I mean, there's cars, but other than that, yeah. like the streets yeah. look the same. And um, I really love it there. So that would. I have friends of mine, uh, close friends of mine that um, I met out here in LA that um, they live in Dusseldorf now, um, Barrett and Daniel, two mm-hmm. friends of mine, and I would really love Freaking it. Freaking name dropper, you're just ridiculous. I, you know what, I actually, I actually, I actually withheld the name drop part because like um, they're involved in like uh, uh, one of my favorite places on earth that everybody knows about. Um, it's a hotel, it's a fancy hotel. Okay, I was, I, I, was I, w- I would have put my money on Dave and Buster's. No, no, um, but they, I actually didn't mention that, so I actually actually withheld the name drop um okay. i just i didn't give the context of the name drop but they're f- super close friends of mine you um, tease this is even yeah. worse than a name drop if see you have like, to have me it's back it's so good i can't even mention next, it next time i'm back I'll, uh, I'll i'll finish up the rest of that lovecraft story with the uh the little uh, wet nurse i'll you, tell you how that ends okay next hey, one get, shoo shoo it's my turn oh it's your turn what you, oh I'm, you read hey, your I'm own the, you, i'm the guest for heaven's sake I, I didn't know, I didn't know you read your own thing. I could do what I want. But then again, I guess... There are no rules. There's okay. no... Is Hollywood hypocritical about the hashtag MeToo movement? Did Hollywood, especially Disney, take things too far by firing James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy 3? And at this point, I believe he's rehired. Is that not he correct? Is, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you pulled that one. Oh, wait. I have to answer it? Yeah. Oh, you pulled it, didn't you? You don't have an opinion on this? Or you... Um... No, I mean, I, I, I have opinions on it, but I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Like, I don't think the, I don't think anything about the me, the me too movement is, is overdone or, or exaggerated or mm-hmm. people are too sensitive. I don't think that at all. Um, I think this is a reckoning that's been a long time coming. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it feels like a lot cause there has been so little up until now, but it right. is barely well, scratching the surface. Here's, here's what you have to know about my career. I work almost exclusively with women. All mm-hmm. my friends are women. Um, so, and, and a few gay men. Um, so like I, I, feel like I get a lot more perspective on like the shit that women have had to put up with mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'll, I'll be I mean being extremely candid about this like um, I've even had my own like there's been things like I don't know when I was like in my 20s or whatever like I, I did stupid shit I, that I didn't even realize was like wrong because yeah. like, like I, I've sent dick pics and not realized how inappropriate not just inappropriate but just how much that sucks and i've had and life has this really weird interesting way sometimes of unfolding realities to you because now that i'm this photographer that shoots all these beautiful models and everything i get dick pics in instagram Mm -hmm. because these assholes don't realize that I'm not the model. Yes. So like I'll have random moments where I'll wake up like sleepy one day and I'll, I'll have like an inbox thing and I'll check it and it's a penis. And like, it's, you get that like sense of like, Oh yeah, this is what like all these women have been experiencing forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like, uh, like even I, I, I've most of my, my life, I, I've like, like I, I've always been pretty liberal politi- politically and everything, but like, you know, some of the shit that's coming down on Biden right now, like, I know that's a topical subject. So this, who knows where this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this, how well this will age in like five years. But like, 
I've always thought that Biden's freaking creepy. Like he's he, I, I like a, like some of the things he he's done. Like I liked him with Obama. I should put mm-hmm. it that way during those times. But like the little like shoulder rubs and like, let me like whisper in your ear kind of shit. That's really creepy. Yes. And, and um, it's not that all of a sudden this is like a new, uh, like uh, awakening. Like, the, like I think people like women, especially have always been uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. It's just now all of a sudden it's, it's something people are listening to. That's all that's changed. So um, no, I don't, I don't think um, people are too sensitive about that. Um, I don't remember specifically the tweets that James Gunn, um, uh, Back when he was working for Troma, didn't he, he said make like some, some rape jokes? Rape or jokes on Twitter, um, yeah. on brand for a Troma director, not mm-hmm. on brand for a Disney director. Sure. Um, I will say this: um, whether or not that was a good decision, I don't to fire know. Him I don't or to tweet to fire him. Okay. Um, I don't know what kind of message that sends by rehiring him. You know what I mean? Like, what, what was the point of taking a stance on something like that if you're just because from what I, I read recently, this is like kind of like inside baseball tabloid type stuff for the industry. Mm-hmm. But like from what I understood, he, he was going to go to D.C. and shoot stuff for D.C. And that's when it sounded you're talking James uh, Gunn. Uh, not District of Columbia, but Detective Comics. I'm talking detective. Yeah. Detective. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, DCU, like the whole. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, from what I, I gathered, um, more or less after they fired him from Guardians of the Galaxy, I heard he was just going to go work for DC and they were happy to take him. Yeah. And then I heard around that time is when I guess MCU was like, no, 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 no. Come on back. And I don't think and D- Disney more so than MCU. So um, I don't know what kind of message that sends is like, we're going to make this big stance about firing you for it and then rehire you for it. But I'm not like, I don't know who the dumb shit I said when I was 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't stand by it. It was said. And I, that that doesn't indicate a flaw of character. It would be a flaw of character if nobody grew over the course of a decade or two decades or something. So the firing felt ridiculous. The rehiring fine who cares uh, like a lot of another perspective i have on life is that um i have a seven-year-old son mm-hmm. um and um re- regarding the me too stuff like i i've i've wanted my son to be a little bit more aware of these things so like i've taken my son to like we, we had a women's march in minnesota right after mm-hmm. trump was elected and mills came with me to that and um i've explained to him actually on the last page of my book you can actually um there's a dedication but um, it, it has to do with like the fact that my entire livelihood in my life is supported by the women that hire me. Yeah. You know, and like my son knows that and I've, I've he's, he's come with me to shoots and stuff and he's met some of these. And I, I've always told him that like, you know, these women are why we have a lifestyle, like why, why we have a house, why we have a car and food and everything like that. Because like I, we said earlier in the first segment, I'm never hired by men. Yeah, Almost yeah, never. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so I have a great appreciation for that. Um, and I also think it is important for him to know that, you know, actions and things you say do have consequences. Um, I like, I, I think it's a little disingenuous and somewhat convenient that now this is a movement that everybody can just be like, Oh, I didn't know that wasn't me back then, you know, or like my, you know, you can say my views have changed. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, but there's still going to have to be consequences for it. it. Almost anything like once upon a time, you couldn't get a job with tattoos on your hand. Like now you can, yeah. you know, so like things change a lot. You just have to be aware that things do change a lot. Like that yeah. is the constant is that things will change. So just kind of try to think ahead of like how things might be perceived if you say them in, you know, whatever, like 10 years or whatever, or, or at the very least don't say things. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's like, there were, um, there was, there were some times that like, one of the reasons I deleted Facebook is because it it was a lot of fighting and, and a lot of like my close friends of mine were getting divided on certain Mm -hmm. issues and stuff like that. And, you know, if you, you even weigh in on either side, you just, you're picking a side. Yeah. And, um, certain times it's imperative that you pick a side. I, I mean, I've done that on certain issues. I really do feel passionate about. There's other times I've just, opted to not comment. And, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just, um, we're in this world where like shit sticks, you know? So I, I am impressed because your, your read on the me too movement is at once more diplomatic and less wishy washy than where 
I am at and I think where the average person is at with that. I I, I know what you're saying. And um, like it sounds like something you've thought about a lot. Well, when you first pulled that, I thought that was a question for you to answer. And I was like, I'm glad I don't have to because your answer was much better um, because um, I I I know, um, you know, I definitely weigh way more in, in on the side of the women. Mm-hmm. And the we the Me Too movement as a whole, I think it's something that's probably twenty years old. But it goes beyond your livelihood because you wouldn't have this livelihood if you didn't believe it and live it at a marrow level. Yeah, um, and, and a lot of it's the genuine friendships and things like yeah. that I've made. Like, um, I, virtually every single friend of mine that I have is a female, and they all have a story. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like they have all been somehow sexually assaulted or, you know, just made to feel uncomfortable. And it's just like, it goes to the root of like little cultural things. Like there's this, like, I always, I, I've, I think of this, I haven't said this a lot, but I've, I always think of that poster that you can buy it. Like, you know, Target and like all big, like it's these two little kids. Um, or no, actually it, it was a video. That's what it was. It was a video mm-hmm. that was like circulating for like years and years and years. And like all these like old, like people in their fifties and sixties would share it and how cute it was. It was this little boy who was like four years old, like basically trying to kiss this little four year old girl. Mm-hmm. And she kept like pulling away from him and like trying to push his face away. And he just kept trying to like kiss her and kiss her and kiss her. And everybody's like sitting around making videos of it, like with their cameras, like laughing, like, Oh, yeah. you, that's fucked up. Like it's, it's fucked up that that's like something everyone considers a cute thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is a total lack of, um, of parenting and a lack of just like general, like body space. And like, like even my son, like with, with my son, like we've all taught him that like, like even like tickling, like, you know, or having fun. Like if somebody says stop, like, Oh no, no, no. Like even if they're joking, like stop it, stop it, stop tickling me. When you hear that you stop. Yeah. 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 yeah, Period. And, um, and like he, he's, it's, it makes me proud that like he's, he's at that age where he understands that stuff full. I know he does, you know, like he has little friends and they'll like, they'll have fun and they'll, you know, maybe it's like a booger or something like, yeah, you know, yeah, like chasing him around chase him with yeah, a booger yeah, or something. But it, like, I've seen him in person without my interaction or involvement where if somebody says, stop, don't knock it off. Yeah. He will. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and, yeah. and it's just because like, since he was a little kid, he was instilled with that idea that if somebody says stop or don't touch me or anything like that, that is like, a fundamental human right. Yeah. And, um, I just like, I going back to that video, those, that was never something that was discussed. I'm, I'm going to jump in and say that tickling is one of like the grandest violations we do of another person's personal space. And well, like it's, it's so invasive to the psyche Yeah, and it's done so commonly with a yuck, yuck, yuck. Here we go. Like it, Tickling is, is one that really, yeah. Um, the last, like, I'd say like the last probably 10 years, probably since I moved to Minneapolis, which was probably Mm -hmm. one of the, as somebody from Kutztown, um, moving to Minneapolis was probably one of the, uh, the, the best things I could have ever done for myself just because it introduced me to so many different types of people and and cultures and, and communities and things like that. And, um, things that I wasn't aware of, you know, growing up in Scranton. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, like I said, career wise, like I've just become friends with so many, I mean, women, yes, but just like, uh, I mean, the, the women that, um, I've become friends with and that have even hired me are just doing such incredible things. And like, you know, I've seen them just get like knocked down or constantly have to deal with bullshit and deal yes, with glass yes, ceilings and yes. deal with like in, inadequacy and in, in pay and inadequacies in, in um, access to, you know, whatever business loans, things like that, and still prevail and make these incredible, you know, like it, it's just, they're, they're doing a lot. And, um, yeah. and I, I think, um, I think it's been very disproportionate and unfair for most women for a, like way, way, way too long. And, um, I think like the me too movement and a lot of other things like that are, are, I think they're long overdue. I think it's like a reckoning. So I think this is your, most of our time as like cis males to just shut the hell up, you know, yeah. a lot of, like just to shut up and like realize that like these things, there's a lot of validity to it. Yes. So, um, the James Gunn thing to that question, I, I mean, I think that's a part of it. And I, I think the right thing to do is just admit that, you know, you screwed up and that, that, that's not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it's kind of like I said, it's a little bit of a moot point because he was fired on this thing and then hired on this thing again. So I, I again, I don't know what the messaging looks like on that. I but. think at this point, not much like people. There was a bit of a wave of ire when he was fired. But when he was rehired, it wasn't, you know, like a mm-hmm. celebration in the streets. But it was kind of like, oh, OK, cool. I just I, I just I mean, I think that was a pretty big decision that Disney made. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it. It, it kind of undermines it a little if you're just going to hire that person back. I got another thought is like Disney at this point, they own Marvel. What yeah. they, they own pretty much everything except for Harry Potter right. and Batman. Right. Um, that's a bigger concern to me than whether or not they hire or fire James Gunn. They have a monopoly on entertainment at this right. point, which is yeah. uh, spookier than, than, yeah. than James Gunn yeah. could ever be. Okay. Uh, Grab one if you want. <laughs> consent. Nothing is sexier than consent. Yeah, you don't have to grab one if you don't want. I don't mind. I just uh, let's see here. What is your favorite place to hide in LA? Ooh. Um. Well, if I told you where it is, it wouldn't be much of a hiding spot. Um, That's why we have the bell. If you want to ding out, uh, no, it's. Uh, I won't tell you where it is, but um, I, I stay. It's at the it. Magic Castle. I, I'm very close with some of those folks. Thomas mm-hmm. is really involved with a lot of those people. Um, let's see. Um, I have this estate um, that I've become friends with the owners, mm-hmm. and um, it's a it's the estate of a very well known um, actor. I'm not name dropping. I'm not. I'm not even saying their See, name. See, this is that thing. No, because, inverse name dropping. Because so if big, I, you're not if I, saying if it. If I say it, uh-huh. people will Google it and find out where it is and try to stay there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just one of those, like years and years ago, I had an opportunity to shoot as a DP um, on uh, a, like a real short little commercial thing. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And I ended up just hitting it off with the owners. And um, I just stay there. And it's like in a quiet little, you know they charge me almost nothing. It's like 50 bucks a night to stay there. Do you and do your shoots there ever? I do some of my shoots there. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I've just become close with them and they're like yeah. friends. Like, you know, it's funny when I come there, they'll be like, welcome home, Aww. you know? And it's like, they're just really great people and it's a beautiful place and I can do some shoots there if I want. And it's just, it, it's made being out here so much more relaxing, you know? So, um, and then I had, wait, one more. Um, there's a, there's a coffee shop in, um, Burbank that I really like that's, uh, it's called romancing the bean. And, um, okay. that's a nice little hang for me. Okay. Um, so I'll give that one a shake. And, and Thomas and I, we get together at all these cool diners around here and we'll just kind of like draw and like work on stuff. But See, I just went to Coral Diner, um, <laughs> over on Burbank Boulevard and Coral Diner was cool. It was like 24 hours. And that's the thing is out here. Like they try to sell Mel's Diner or something like a retro mm-hmm. style like Swingers is another one. If you grew up in Pennsylvania where it's actually the dining cars <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're old and banged, you know. Yeah, they're like Tom Waits diners in Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard for me to be like, "Wow, Norms, man, yeah. it's got that look and that feel." That's what I grew up with is yeah. that look and that feel yeah. for half the price. Yeah. But I'm going to check out Romancing the Bean. Romancing the Bean is kind of yeah, nice. So you can grab one? I'm going to grab one. It's my turn. When was the last time someone told you that they love you because I love you? I mean, because Kate Faust is saying that she loves you. So, uh, let's see. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of people in my life Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, um, my girlfriend, my mom, uh, my son, um, and, uh, he, he recently, <laughs> he called me and I thought it was like, he missed me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at, at this age now where he can just start, he started reading. <laughs> it's so great. He called me, FaceTime me. And I was like, Oh, like I haven't heard from Millsy in a day or so. And like, I wanted to, and he's like, dad, we got a billing problem on the iPad. Uh-huh. So he was trying to buy Robux. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah. So I told him earlier he could have $5 of Robux, but yeah, he, he always tells me he loves me and stuff. And, um, yeah, that's I have a pretty good awesome. circle of people that care about me. Let's do one more ring a ding ding, and then so this is me. We can wind down. This is you, and this is the last one. So pull a pull a banger. All right, it's tiny. It's ripped. All right. What's the one thing you want to do immediately after you leave here for your career? Um, 
that's it's just comic book stuff. It's always <laughs> you got like, it. You're gonna have to pull the trigger on this sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually am in the works of pulling a trigger. It's just because I'm on this hamster wheel of photography that mm-hmm. never ends. Like by the time I get caught up on edits, I have like another trip with another ten shoots. Yeah. So it's like a hamster wheel. You just can't. Oh, go. I've got a shoulder you can cry on. This yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't get a ton, a ton of sympathy because of the type of work I do. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's it. I mean, that's the thing that pays no, the bills. No, no, um, no, no, man. I got all the sympathy. It sounds like you're flying around the world to shoot beautiful women in exactly the style that you developed and that, that I'm is perfectly for, yeah. suited for your <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Um, sounds rough. It sounds... I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, if, if if somebody would just drop an, or like just give me some sort of arrangement where they were like, look, I will just sponsor you and pay you to work on comics full-time, writing, drawing, comics I would stop all this well can't you do a thing where once you hit 10k in the bank or 20k in the bank you take three months hard off and just do the thing and then get back into it I could have done that with the steam and bitcoin um, Mm -hmm. if I'd taken it out when I like 2017 yeah I wouldn't even had to take out more than probably a fourth of what I had and I would have been fine for a year um, but I didn't. And, um, you know, I, this th- the thing is with all that crypto, it will come back. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I got frustrated about it and I was like, man, I missed the boat. But honestly, I do believe that kind of life drops these things in your lap when you're ready for them. And in some ways I'm just not ready yet. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, um, I've even seen in the last year to year and a half of struggling and just grinding on like doing the comic with my friend Charles, there's been pages I draw, I drew maybe eight months ago that mm-hmm. when I compare them to what I've drawn recently, I realize I have to redraw these pages cause it doesn't even look like the same artist. Like, yeah. you know, my, my shit has just got like, I've found new tools. There's a site called figurosity where mm-hmm. um, it's this real hardworking guy named James. And he basically models all these characters and poses himself. But then he's done this incredible web work where you can click a button and in the browser, it's not an app. It's an actual just browser. Mm-hmm. You can do 360 modeling, like turn the character around mm-hmm. and change camera angles and stuff. I started using that. That has helped so much in how my, like my, my work has come out as far as how the characters look and the actions and stuff and even the emotions. And um, the old stuff looks flat and it looks very amateurish. So, you know, I, I think I just, I'm, I'm building all these things up as long as I stay with it. Um, be behind, like I'll do mostly like 40, 50 hours a week of editing mm-hmm. and then maybe fit in 10 to 20 hours a week drawing. How much, how much touch up do you do in Photoshop? A lot, okay. A lot. Yeah. Because the, because of the t- style of lighting I do, um, as you know, um, when you, when you have like bright, hard light, it, it knocks away almost all the imperfections and like blemishes. They just get lost cause they're getting like mm-hmm. lifted out or lit out. Um, but in low light, that yeah. stuff really shows up. So if there's anything, a blemish, a crease, anything like that, um, it really looks exaggerated. Um, so more or less, like the stuff I do now, it takes, most edits for me take about two hours, okay. one photo. So like every photo in that book, almost every image is about a two hour edit, maybe some three hour edits. Um, but it, there, it, you know, everybody throws around the term retouching, retouching. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing these days is much closer to digital paint. Um, it's like layers with like painting, painting yeah. things in. And do you do the frequency separation editing or is that well, with the pores and stuff? I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't do that. Um, it, I don't know why I, I've seen it before. There's something about it. it. It's, it almost looks like a different genre for me. It looks yeah. more like, um, like high fashion, like avant-garde yep, 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 type yep, stuff. Yep. And that's not really what I do. Mo- I, my favorite compliment to get on my photos is like when somebody on Instagram will leave a comment and say, this looks like a painting like, or an mm-hmm. oil painting. Oh, I love that. I, like, that's yeah, what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I just, I found something on my own that I, you know, is my own voice and I'm just staying with that. But, um, so. do you mostly shoot uh, portrait vertical or is this book just vertical? So you used only the vertical photos? No, actually, believe it or not, some of those are horizontal shots that have been cropped mm-hmm. in. Okay. Um, most of, uh, it was interesting having a conversation with the publisher on the size of that book. Cause my friend, Shannon Brooke, Shannon Brooke, she's a photographer out here. Shannon Brooke, she shoots a lot of famous people. Um, yeah, she's shot some really, yeah. She's got two books with the same publisher. This is the, I, I am so glad that you Start. mentioned, uh, name dropping at the beginning of this yeah, one. I know. Um, I, like I said, context in dates, it's not very attractive, but, um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Shannon, um, she's done two books with the same publisher and the, her books are more like a horizontal, yeah, um, yeah. you know, kind of landscape thing. And, um, so like when I, I love that about like Bob and Kelly from working class publishing is they're just like, what do you want your book to look like? 
And mm-hmm. for some reason, I've always liked like tinier books. Yeah. I wanted to go smaller than that. Really? And uh, originally, they talked this me This is as small as you can get for a coffee table. Yeah, no, they wanted, portfolio I originally book. wanted this thing to be like seven inches di- on the diagonal. It was going to be like real small. But um, yeah, we ended up going through it and it just, it worked out where a lot of the stuff I have is portrait and there, like there, there's a, a double pager that's like, that's a horizontal. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. They do show up sometimes. We do have some spreads in there that are double pagers and, um, you know, so it's it's been fun. We're good. Yeah, we're good. This has been awesome. I'm so glad we got to get into it. Very therapeutic. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'll have my secretary invoice you. Sounds good. Let's do the wind down music. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl and I've been your host, Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester for as long as I live. If you liked what you heard... You can find us on Instagram at hwfishbowl or on the web at hollywoodfishbowl.com. But it's not about us. It's about our guest, Lars. Where can people find you if they should so choose to want to choose to find you? You can find me on Instagram at komenizuspeit, which I'm going to give you the letters for that it's k-o-m-m-i-e-n-e-z-u-s-p-a-d-t if you're interested in buying the book mm-hmm. dark pinup you can pick it up at workingclasspublishing.com or the quick link is just darkpinup.co it is truly an inspirational story that that instagram handle has not uh, hampered your success as an artist <laughs> I think it might be because of it. Like, at least, like if it was a short name, like who wants to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the longness is just like makes it special. It's been awesome. Thank you so Thank much you, for coming man. on. I appreciate it. Bye.